It's a new day. Yes, it is. Wakey, wakey. Time to get up. Good morning, citizens. Up and at them. Rise and shine. This is your wake-up call, people. Come on. The coffee's on. We're going to get you guys circulating on Christian radio. I understand young people. I know what's hip. I know what's on. I know what's lit. I know what's fleet. I'm a nerd, and uh, I'm pretty proud of it. Rise and shine, nerds. You're tuned in to episode 466 of the Back Row Morning Show, proudly a part of the Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network. I'm ready. Why were you shaking your head? <laughs> I said it right, right? My, yes, I wasn't shaking my head at you. <laughs> Read your line. I'm Radio Matt, I think, the station manager and a nerd culture missionary here at LTN. I'm a third generation radio dude and a lifelong nerd. And I'm Mo, the chief cohort and crazy, here to bring the facts and fire to your day, communicating with our friends on Twitch, letting KY know she's in the right place. Now where's the coffee? You all are in the right place. (laughs) Today on the show, we try to pull lessons from the rise and fall of Mars Hill. Also on the show today, yep. But does the dog die? But first, today is Tuesday, April 19th, 2022, and we got some holidays to celebrate. That's right. But before we get to those... Bubby boy. Happy birthday to you. You have to sing this one. Happy oh, I'm birthday like, that's not mine. to you. It's not my birthday for a Happy, Happy birthday, dear Mila and Perrin. Happy birthday to you. I was not informed any of this was happening, nor did I know who it was. You should have known. That, listen, I'm not the only one around here that can just be remembering people's birthdays. I don't care. You know this. I don't care about birthdays. I don't care about birthdays. No, no, no. You can (laughs) kick rocks for not caring. Essentially, everybody can kick rocks for their birthday. I don't care. Anyway. I I I cannot even remember my own kids' birthdays. So, happy birthday. Mila, happy birthday. (laughs) Perrin is our friend KY's middle son. Yeah. Uh-huh. And we found out. Right. Yeah. We found out while we met up and had brunch and walked around Pigeon Forge a little bit together that they are birthday twins. Hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then Mila, it was so cute. I want to say two days ago, maybe she was talking to a friend and asked when her birthday was. And her friend was like, oh, it's in July. And immediately Mila goes, July what? And she goes, fifth. <laughs> And she was like, oh, okay, my mom's birthday's in July. I thought maybe you were birthday twins. I have two birthday twins. And then went on to tell about a friend's mom, who is her birthday twin, but then also about Perrin. That's awesome. That we just met. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway. Yeah. I have never felt more judged in my life. Than, I'm sure I've told you this story before. Than when we had taken both of our boys to the doctor and... Deidre was still like getting them out of the car and I had just come in to check in Mm -hmm. and they're asking me what my son's birthday is. My gosh. And I say, and I'm getting them both confused in my head. I have all the right numbers, but I'm confusing the two of them. Like what the day is. I'm like, Oh crud. You had to ask me that. Hold on. I'm sitting there and it took, took me a second and she goes, we'll just wait for your wife to come in. (laughs) And I said, no, 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 I got it. It's, it's March, March uh, 12th. 2014, March 12, 2014. And she goes, well, we'll wait till your wife comes in. Right? Because now no, they I'm can't like, no, trust that's, you. That's, that's the, that's, it's okay. Just don't worry about it. We'll wait. And I'm like, oh, I feel, I feel two inches tall. You should. 
Birthdays are important. Mm, we get into this. Matt, don't start with me. We get into this all the time. I'll tell you time. what's not important. Celebrating your birthday month. The whole month long. I don't really celebrate my birthday month. <laughs> then the phrase birthday month should never come out of your my mouth. birth month. <laughs> no, I say that to remind people, hey, my birthday's coming up. You only have two weeks from today. Oh, it still didn't goodness. work because, you know, when my husband had a seizure a day before my birthday, he wasn't prepared. <laughs> he didn't have a backup plan. That's right. That's on him. Yeah. <laughs> there I sat floating in the pool by myself in the backyard. Kids didn't bake me a cake. Didn't even make me homemade cards. Nothing. <laughs> <sighs> I am not bitter. I am not bitter. I am not bitter. He, this was three he's years over there ago. Just hoping he doesn't have a, a relapse there. <laughs> another another shaking fit. But <laughs> no, don't worry. Mm. He probably still has a slight concussion from the fall he took while it was happening. And, uh, he wasn't. No, he didn't I'm, fall. I'm kidding. I'm just, I'm, <laughs> no, no, I'm no. Making it look where it is. Uh-uh. It was. He was laying down. Now he, he had may... the comfiest seizure of his life. He, he was pampered. That's, that's not completely factual, because I thought he was joking. Oh, I forgot. And he was scaring the kids, and so I threw a bar of soap at him. And so I'm sure that there was some residual effect from that bar of soap clocking him upside the... Oh, it wasn't the head. It hit him in his stomach. I but still. forgot all about that. That's awful. <laughs> yeah. So every time that I try to like bring up how he completely forgot my birthday, was not planning for my birthday at all. He's like, yo, well, at least I didn't hit you with a bar of soap. And I'm like... Really? Can't I have something? Oh, gosh. Hey, anyway. So we haven't done anything here. Yeah, what, uh-huh. is the, what are today's holidays? National Garlic Day. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, keep those vampires away. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it's also wear pajamas to work day. That's why I've got my pajama pants on. It's same, actually. They're under my clothes. <laughs> <laughs> That's as far as I'll get into that. Now, Mo and I are nerds of several flavors, but we're also nerds for several flavors. I said uh, it right this week. Very good. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. It must be those pajama pants. <laughs> and every week, we like to showcase junk food that has been recently announced or even spotted in stores or on menus. Today, we're going to kick it off with Fruit Loops. Fruit Loops are being the new Sour Patch Kids of the uh, snack food world. They are getting into everything. This time, it's Eggo Fruit Loop Swaffles. <laughs> I want you to, sorry, say that again. Eggo Fruit Loop Swaffles. Fruit Loops Swaffles. Yeah, that's the brand name. You can't leave the S off the loops. Loops got to be fully formed. I mean, if they're not fully formed, then they're not a loop. They're not loops. They're loops. (laughs) Anyway. Uh, In our chat here, Kaylee's asking to talk about Oreo Cakesters. Have you tried them? Uh, Yeah. The return of them? Yeah. Yeah. Have you tried the Nutter Butter ones, too? No. Ooh. So, yeah, Oreo Cakesters were out several years ago, early 2010s, I think. And then they got discontinued, and they're back all of a sudden. And it's just like, I mean, they essentially taste like one of those cream-filled cupcakes, you know, the chocolate cupcakes. Mm -hmm. But uh, they've also come out with the Nutter Butter ones, and they're amazing. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I was going to, like, 
be like, okay, yeah, what about the Oreo Cakesters? Little Debbie's been doing that for years. But this Nutter Butter. That's a new That's a new twist. Interesting. Okay. There, goodness gracious. Okay. Don't die. Believe it or not, Mountain Dew Flamin' Hot which Mo and I tried on the show and were intrigued by, is now coming to stores in both 12-pack cans and 20-ounce bottles. Yeah. Now everybody's going to get a chance. Yeah. And we have that nice guy who got, like, the special box that he had ordered ship us the whole thing, and now it's going to be at Walmart. <laughs> Not what, four months later. <laughs> hey. Uh, but we're, was, we're still very grateful for that's that. That's exactly nice. right. We thought it was never going to be a possibility. Uh-huh. It's I, all because they sent it to us. Yeah. That's why. I'm very interested in trying it in bottle form. Sodas always taste different, especially Mountain Dew always tastes different from a bottle than a can. Yeah. I'm interested in trying it. I prefer cans. I I think I always prefer bottles. There's, there's, there's not really... Maybe Diet Dr. Pepper... I think I like better than a can. Nope. But uh, not not most things. Fountain, can, bottle. <laughs> uh, Coca-Cola, speaking of soda, is uh, continuing with their weird flavor promotion of letting online influencers help with new flavor ideas with uh, Zero Sugar Coke Bite, B-Y-T-E. And it's described as pixel-flavored. What the heck does a pixel taste like? According to Coca-Cola, the drink's bright, upfront taste is reminiscent of powering up a game, and its refreshing finish makes it a, makes for a perfect gaming companion. So, no info there on what it tastes like. It will only be for sale in the U.S. online starting May 2nd. But strangely, it's already available in stores in Latin America. So, we're not going to get it in stores at all. In America, but they got it in stores down there. Crazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry, this, that was kind of gross. <laughs> this sounds like this sounds like uh, the good place where they had the yogurt shop, and it's like you had normal flavors, and then you'd also have flavors like uh, finally finishing all your laundry, you know, or stuff like that. It was like the feeling, the taste would be the feeling you get when this happens. So this is what it reminds me of. It tastes Nothing. like powering up a game. Nothing. <laughs> because no one ever finishes all of their laundry. There's always another Unless load ready to go. Unless you are standing there in your birthday suit, you are never finishing all of your laundry. Well, obviously you've never been in my house on laundry day. Oh my gosh. Milk chocolate jello pudding cups. And no, not like the little plastic ones that you peel off the top. Like the Reese's cups. These are essentially Reese's with pudding on the inside instead of peanut butter. That seems weird. Very. Very. But intriguing. Mm. I think it would be incredibly disappointing. I think it would. I think it would be gross. Not it, gross, but like gross texturally. It may ruin Reese's for me. <laughs> I can see this going very bad for me personally. <laughs> well, then we'll have to try them. Blueberry muffin Kit Kats. Now are this sounds out. delightful. Yeah. It might already be out. Um, I think I actually saw these. That sounds delicious. Uh, and I know these are out. The mocha caramel latte Oreos. Uh, with two different flavored layers of cream, which is the new gimmick that Oreo's been doing lately. Okay. You know what? Did you try the uh, the new 110 birthday Oreos? No, but Cannon got them for his birthday. 
they're amazing. Are they? I I didn't expect much. The kids wanted them. I'm like, okay, not going to be around forever. Might as well give them a shot. They got the chocolate cream layer and then the birthday cake cream layer together. Oh my gosh, it works so well. I don't even know if he's actually ate them. He's not like a super sweet kind of kid. If they're there, ask him for one because they're dang good. Okay. They're dang good. Noted. I didn't even put any milk in them or nothing. I heard put them in milk or nothing. Just straight up ate them. And I don't do that with Oreos. See, shoving a fork through the center of your Oreo. Yeah. And just letting, sticking that fork in the the milk for a little. I do not like milk. I am not a milk person. We all know this already. But that is the only time when I will drink, drink, and I'm using air quotes, drink milk. Because I don't actually drink it. That's exactly how I do it, too. Yeah. Fork in, drop it in, let it sit for a minute, take a Uh sip of your milk, and then, ooh, here we go. We're Uh ready. How... How disintegrated do you let the cookie get? Um, I don't let the cookie get disintegrated in the milk. Yeah. But the second that it goes into my mouth, it just kind of dissolves. Okay. Yeah. So that's, you know? yeah, that's about where we're at. It's like you don't still... want, you don't want to have to bite into it. No. You want it to be able to just. But I still want it to be solid on the fork when I pull gotcha. it out because I don't yeah. want it to be a messy mess. That's a sweet spot. It's yeah. hard to get there. Um, yeah. I guess it has taken me quite the. Takes a, takes a bit of practice. Oh uh-huh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. Finally, something we're alike. Oh. <laughs> There's a lot of things, a lot more things that we are alike I know, in. Lately, than... lately, it's just been a lot of you and my husband are That's so true. similar. Yeah. <laughs> Not been a lot that we've agreed on lately with food. True. All right. New Nestle Toll House stuffed jumbo cookies are heading to the refrigerated section in July. There'll be two varieties, chocolate chip cookie dough with fudge filling and double chocolate cookie dough with salted caramel filling. Nestle Tolhausa. Nestle Tolhausa. Stuffy Jumbos. Uh-huh. Yep. Stuffy Jumbos. Uh, going back to waffles for a minute. Ego's got some new grab and go leger le, 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 style waffles. I don't know. Sure, I don't know. Uh, L I E G E style waffles in buttery maple and strawberry flavors. And then they're coming out with some thick and fluffies with uh, tiramisu flavor and strawberry cheesecake flavor. I am not a big flavored waffle fan. I think the only kind that I like, you know, outside of the normal home style or buttermilk is um, the cinnamon toast, like squares, like the minis. Mm-hmm. Yes. I like those a lot. They used to have waffles. Yeah. That strawberry on the inside. I was I not like a fan. Those. You didn't Mm-mm. like those? I like no. those. But I am just... A waffle person. I just like waffles because then I want to put peanut butter on top. Oh and yeah, honey. I yeah, you're the peanut butter and honey person. Yep. Although, I like to I like to slather so much butter on it and then hot maple syrup. Well, yeah, <laughs> butter peanut. Like butter, I will. Like I'm like honey. I'm buttering. Like I'm making a peanut butter sandwich. Yeah. Like I will just all the butter. Every hole filled with yes. butter. <laughs> Every hole has to be filled. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, none of this stuff like you see on the TV where you just put the pad of butter in the center. No, Mm-mm. that's not happening. It does that nothing. That doesn't work for me. Then the center of the waffle is just super buttery and the rest is bland. <laughs> it doesn't work. Oreo update here. Toffee, after he, which is Mo's son, after heard uh, the Canon had the, those Oreos, said he was going to go steal one. Says Canon has eaten almost the entire package, and they are amazing. So. Mm. Save me one. Save him. Save her one. Save, save me one, save son. One. 
All right, fun. Here's a fun one. Uh, I wrote note, fun, just to remind myself. <laughs> Great Value, Walmart's brand, has come out with Dinosaur Bones Brownie Kits, which is a brownie mix, standard brownie mix, but you have a bunch of candy dinosaur bones to bake into the brownies. And these aren't just like, you know, you know, the femur bone shape. Like they have like Tyrannosaurus skulls. They have rib cages and junk. Like it's a whole dinosaur. And uh, it even comes with a small plastic shovel that you can dig in the brownies to get the bones out of. That's cute. <laughs> I mean, they're probably going to wind in a big, a big crumbly mess, but it's cute. going to be really fun. Yeah. yeah. Really cute activity for the afternoon. HEB's got some new wavy potato chips in the flavor of a vanilla milkshake. Bringing all the boys to the yard. <laughs> milkshake chips bring the boys to the yard. And they're like, it's better than yours. Still kind of salty and weird. <laughs> but better than yours. <laughs> we could teach you, but we'd have to charge. And they're like, this is an abomination. <laughs> this shouldn't exist. <laughs> moving uh, on, moving I see, on. I see. Um, the, 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 yeah, the drink. Slushy the kind slushy, of brand. The yeah. slurpy. Slurpy. Knockoff. Yeah, all of them. I see, which is known for its two basic flavors, which is their blue raspberry and their cherry flavored ones, have come out with like cream sandwich cookies based on those flavors. Blue this raspberry. Terrifying. It does. It sounds like it would be a. A terrible mix. Sour, and like, sweet. but not not the right kind of sweet. Because cookies aren't the same sweet as just sugar, you know. I think I could. I would rather have a popsicle, like an orange cream popsicle, than a cookie sandwich. Like I could see a blue raspberry icy cream popsicle. Well, I mean, there's no. <sighs> Like there's no, it's not like just cream, you know, like the, it's the flavor of just like Oreo does. It's not like a dreamsicle with orange and cream. It's not blueberry or blue raspberry and cream. It's just like a. So the cream is the blue raspberry? Yeah, and the cherry cream is cherry flavored. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I just kicked Matt hard. Right, right in the shin. <laughs> <laughs> my I bad. I need to walk. It's okay. <laughs> And uh, but anyway, it's intriguing, but it doesn't sound like it'd be good. Yeah, it something I'm interested in trying though, because that does that seems new, seems new and fun. Buffalo Wild Wings, last one here, is debuting their new Doritos Flamin' Hot Nacho Wings. So, what do you call wings that don't belong to you? <laughs> nacho. Nacho wings. I hate everything about this. Uh, <laughs> You're rude. Now, did you know, I don't know if you've noticed this or not, like on our DoorDash app, but there's like a whole fake restaurant out there called Cosmic Wings that their main thing is that they fry their wings in, uh, or I don't know if they fry them in it or if they just roll it in it, but it's like Cheetos dust and Flamin' Hot Cheetos dust. Mm -mm. Like that's like their main gimmick and it's not a Cheetos restaurant but like this is weird interesting though i'm not a fan of wings you don't like wings at all mm -mm. what about really like don't. boneless wings which are not really wings. i prefer boneless wings yeah. but i'm not a fan of chicken oh that's right you're not a chicken fan I'm not a <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. I don't know what that I was. I don't like right. chickens <laughs> alive or fried. Well, who likes them alive? All right. You're mean. All right, let's take a break here. When we come back, we've got your weird news for the day. Stick around. This week in nerdy news, this is LTNN. It's all about branding, and Amazon is banking on itself, which of course has been a pretty successful tactic over the years. Amazon purchased IMDB way back in 1998, and in 2019, Amazon branded their new free but ad-supported streaming service, IMDB Free Drive, later renaming it IMDB TV. However, it has lived in relative obscurity, only finding itself on people's radar when their search on Prime Video came up with a show only available on the free service. Amazon appears to believe that IMDb TV is lacking in two things. One, people don't realize it's part of the Amazon set of products. And two, people don't know that it's completely free. And so to that end, they're renaming the service to Amazon Freebie by the end of the month. And while you can watch classics like Mad Men, Lost, The Princess Bride, Office Space, Corner Gas, and a lot more on that channel, they have also created several originals, such as Leverage Redemption and Judy Justice. Freebie is planning to increase its slate of originals by 70% this year. Let's hope it also increases its advertisers, because binge-watching a show with the same dozen commercials in rotation every break gets old quick in the current service. More new Freebie originals will be announced in the company's New Fronts presentation on May 2nd. That was This Week in Nerdy News. I'm Radio Matt, and this is LTNN. Show. I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. And hey, make sure you're following us on all the socials. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Just search for at the back row LTN and connect with us. Now it's time for most facts of the day. The world's largest footed pajama party was held in Austin, Texas on March 11th, 2012, where 309 adults were dressed in their footies and broke the Guinness World Record. Just 309? Just 309. It's kind of sad. I know. We can do better than that. Let's Mm -hmm. do it. Let's organize it. Okay. I'm for it. (laughs) Let's go. And by let's, I mean you. You organize. (gasps) And now it's time for SSA News. We're going to share a weird news story with you and build a white answer card for a future Sunday School Answers pack. All right. So if you have ever gone to, to... Pull up a movie on Netflix where there's a dog centered in the story. The first question you might ask is, is this dog going to die at some point in this movie? Because a lot of you don't want to see the dog die. Yeah. But you won't know until you watch the movie. Until now. Because there is now a website called... Uh, where's that? Does the dog die? That's a simple question. Does the dog die.com, which is a crowdsource website for all your movie based triggering needs. You can go on there, type in the movie you're about to see and see if the dog will die. In fact, it'll list all the animals in the movie and tell you if any of them die. I pulled up, uh, uh, a couple different movies 
to test this out that I knew if the dog died or not, and it was 100% accurate. And uh, I think this is a good service. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Depends on, I mean, Mo loves seeing dogs die, so she no. doesn't mind. <laughs> She's just ready, whatever it is. That dog goes out, stays in, she couldn't care less. Because she knows it's a, it's a movie. It's fake. But those of us who have a harder time shutting down our emotions might want to know. I'm Stone Cold Steve Mostyn. Mostyn. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't make it work. <laughs> Stone Cold Steve Boston Terrier Killer. <laughs> it's sad because I've got two of them, and there are some days where I really would. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's check and see if you're going to live on this I'm website. Gonna... Does the dog die? Boot you straight <laughs> to the backyard. Yeah. They got to do new personalized section on the website where you can flip a coin for your own dog. Does the dog die in real life? <laughs> flip a coin and find out. Yeah. All right. You live today, Craig. That's just what we play the wheel of enormous proportions for. We ask the wheel those questions. <sighs> uh, so this story, is uh, this article is actually a story uh, about how this family really wished that they knew this thing existed before uh, family movie night. Where they uh, were looking for a good movie. Where they could just be a, have a happy, good time. And they picked Eight Below, a story about a pack of sled dogs who find themselves forced to survive on their own in Antarctica for six months. And uh, trying to talk their son into it. The son immediately asked, do the dogs die? And uh, the dad said, probably not. And the wife chimed in with a firm, no. Of course not. And, uh, yeah, well, two of them do. Two of them die. <laughs> And uh, the son doesn't trust him anymore. So, yeah. I mean, I get it. I totally I get, get it. it. I get it. Totally get it. Yep. My kids were interested in watching Bambi the other day. <clears throat> I'm like, no, you don't want to watch that movie. <laughs> I promise you, you'll you'll learn in 10 minutes that you don't want to watch that movie. <laughs> but anywho, <laughs> that brings us to today's white answer card. The answer card we'll be adding to our future expansion deck of Sunday School Answers is weeping uncontrollably uncontrollably at the end of Marley and Me. Weeping uncontrollably. This has been SSA News, sponsored by BackRowGames.com. You shut your pie hole. <laughs> All right, let's take another quick break. When we come back, we dive into our main topic. Stick around. Like any awesome ministry, our existence partially relies on amazing people partnering with us financially. As the chief radio nerd and a nerd culture missionary, I have the honor of running LTN Radio, curating the music, planning out the schedule, editing several podcasts and specials, video editing, running the YouTube channel, the LTN Radio Twitch channel, being a part of the social media team, and of course, co-hosting the Back Row Morning Show four days a week. And all of this to share the love of Jesus with nerds and nerd culture. And while I do this, I'm looking for people to join my support team to help me take care of my family financially at the same time, as well as help fund any trips and tech upgrades that come throughout the year. If you are willing to learn more, please visit lovethynerd.com slash radiomat. 
or even reach out to me directly with any questions you might have. But even if you can't help me financially, I also covet your prayers for me and for all of Love Thy Nerd. Thank you for listening. LTN Radio. Welcome back to the Back Row Morning Show. I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. And remember that we air our full morning shows first exclusively on LTN Radio, LTNOnAir.com, every Monday through Thursday at 8 a.m. Eastern with an encore at 10 a.m. But if you miss a day or just can't catch the show live, you can find our four full shows and our weekly main podcast by searching the Back Row Morning Show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the podcast apps. Subscribe, rate five stars, and leave a review. Or don't. We're not your parents, and we won't be mad. Just disappointed. This week, we're talking about Mark Driscoll and the rise and fall of Mars Hill. Many of you have likely heard of this Christianity Today podcast. You may have even listened to the whole saga, since even though it wrapped up several weeks ago, it is still holding steady in the top five Christian podcasts. Now, once again, we're not trying to replicate what the rise and fall of Mars Hill covered. Instead, we want to take... A look at the themes and issues brought up by this podcast and focus on the issues a little more broadly. So yesterday we talked about the weird sexual culture of Mars Hill. Today we're going to talk about something that we've touched on a few times, Mark Driscoll's lack of accountability. Now, at the beginning, this wasn't the case. He brought on two others to help start Mars Hill. His original board of elders all had the same amount of power individually as he did. He often sought guidance from other prominent pastors, such as Rick Warren, Wick Woolen, <laughs> uh, as his church was exploding. But soon, as his celebrity grew and he became the brand of Mars Hill, his accountability began to shrink. He had a vision. When someone questioned it, he fired them. But beyond that, he then badmouthed them, sometimes from the pulpit. We told the story last week of a secretary who loved her job and loved Mark, but shared a concern with a friend about his lack of accountability. Not necessarily concern for the church, but for Mark's own spiritual health. And it got back to Mark, causing him to rage out about it, accusing her of heresy and then firing her. When others brought up the need of accountability to him, he would say that he couldn't be accountable to any of these other pastors because they have smaller churches. His church was bigger. What that had to do with it, I don't know. He would continue to shun being accountable to anyone over anything, often implying that anyone who disagreed with something he was doing was actively conspiring against him and the church. This included the two men who helped start Mars Hill. He eventually stopped mentioning them when talking about how the church was founded. And when his back sermons were being added to podcast feeds, they hired someone to come cut out all the names of the people that Mark had eventually thrown under the bus in the years prior. Eventually, his lack of accountability would come back to haunt him as he plagiarized other works for his books, was accused of misusing church funds, and of course, abused his authority towards staff members and others in his church. He's even been accused of spying on church members he thinks is working, are working against him. And we'll talk more about what happened at the end of his time at Mars Hill on Thursday, but let's discuss this lack of accountability. How easy is it for us to fall into this mindset that I don't need to be held accountable? I mean, I think, quite honestly, it's our nature. Mm -hmm. It's kind of that survival within us. If someone is holding us accountable, we almost see it as, well, as a threat. Mm -hmm. 
you know, we, uh -huh, we can't really take criticism properly. And a lot of times that's how accountability comes across. It comes across as criticism. I actually had this conversation with my kids just a couple nights ago <laughs> and I had to tell them, guys, it is okay for someone who loves you and cares about you to see you doing something that could hurt you and say, Hey, that's probably not the best decision. Yeah. I think it's also important to make this like a formal thing. Like yeah. It's almost a verbal contract of, I am giving you the permission to hold me accountable. Right. Because that way, even if in the moment it makes you mad when it's happening, you'll at least eventually calm down and remember this is what you wanted this person to do. Yeah, that's the celebrate recovery part of you coming out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because there are times, especially I feel like just within our everyday church culture, mm -hmm. where we have people who we trust and who we love and who we've formed relationships with, but we've never sat down and actually said, Hey, this is where I'm struggling this week. So if you see me veering in that direction, you hold me accountable. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Possibly in the form of a prayer request, we've said, Hey, having a difficult time. Can you pray for me? But we've never outside of celebrate recovery or outside of a, a recovery program. Yeah. I don't think in Sunday school we've ever said, Hey, you're my accountability partner. And I think that's so sad. And that's the, that's the struggle we had with CR here at the church for the longest time is that nobody from the church actually wanted to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. They're very few people anyway, because they didn't want to be open about their struggles. Mm -hmm. And I get that. I mean, I get it. But at the same time, all it's doing is fostering this idea that we have to wear a mask when we're at church. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that most people only ever even hear the words accountability partner when they're trying to quit pornography is a sad thing. Yeah. <laughs> because you need to be kept accountable. Mm -hmm. You need someone uh, or a few someones in your life who uh, can, who know you, like you said, who know you, who you trust who can feel comfortable saying, hey, something's up with you. I don't know what it is, but I've seen this, this, and this happen in your life, and I know something's wrong. Mm -hmm. And be willing to even talk it out or be a shoulder or be a, just a sounding board. Sometimes that's all you need. Yeah. You know, when, during one of my hardest times, and this had nothing to do with the reason that I came to Celebrate Recovery, just something else was happening in my life. And one of my, my hardest times, I had our buddy Cipriano, uh, who uh, was my, we were, we were sponsors to each other for a while. And for that whole year, it was just me letting stuff out. And him listening. Mm -hmm. And those were valuable moments to me because I had nowhere else I could go to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And had I not had that, I'd have just been bottling it up and then finding destructive ways to let out that pain. Right. To cope, to deal with it. Mm -hmm. And that's what always happens. Yeah. When we don't have accountability and we know something's wrong, all we do is stuff it down mm -hmm. and then react in poor ways. Mm -hmm. to what's building up inside. Yeah. And I really do think that was I'm one of the biggest contributing factors to the downfall of Mark. Yeah. 
him not being held accountable and him pastors deal with a lot. Oh yeah. They, they deal with a lot, a lot more than the congregation even can truly begin to understand. Absolutely. And so I don't doubt for one second that Mark was dealing with his own things but this feeling of, I can't be accountable. I can't let this out to anyone. I can't get this off my chest. I can't appear weak. Uh-huh. And so he's bottling it and bottling it and bottling it. And what ends up happening is he gets this like paranoid side of him mm-hmm. where he thinks everybody is out to get him and he cannot trust anyone. They're waiting to see a crack. Mm-hmm. That's the and mind. So that whole fight, fight or flee. Yeah. He fought. Mm-hmm. It's a, um, it's a form of arrogance that I think sneaks in on you where number one, the, the mindset just changes from, uh, I might need help occasionally to, I can handle this on my own. And that is a dangerous place to be, but one that you can easily talk yourself into. Mm -hmm. Like I know me. I know that when the chips are down, I can pull myself up by my boob stra- bootstraps, not boob straps, <laughs> bootstraps. Not by your bra. <laughs> and, and soldier on, you know, I've had, I've had tough situations before and I've made it through just fine. You know, uh, even convincing ourselves that, you know, I got God and me, I, you know, Jesus and mm-hmm. me, and that's all, all I'm going to need to get through this life. And I mean, that's all you're going to need to get to the other life, but to get through this life, they made it pretty clear in the Bible. You're going to need some other people alongside you. Uh, and it seems right in the moment to say, Jesus and me, that's all I need. You know, I'm letting Jesus take the wheel. Meanwhile, you're over there slamming on the ground like you have a pedal in front of you because you still can't handle it. <laughs> yeah, because you want control. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, I, I mean, I, I can't I can't fault Mark Driscoll for that any more than I could fault myself right. or anybody else. Right. <clears throat> um, but like you said, pastors deal with a whole lot more than most of us realize. Does success in ministry mean that you have to be right about everything that you do or that you are right about everything that you do because you're successful? I don't think so. Yeah, because we talked about that at the beginning um, last week, the beginning of the week, where, you know, there might have been some concerns raised about Mark, but people were looking at how all so many baptisms and so many new members every single week. Right. The church is exploding and growing. How can there be anything wrong? And again, like we said, I think yesterday is that, you know, churches are big. Those, these kind of churches are big. There's a lot going on in a lot of different areas, a lot of different leaders, probably most of which are doing things uh, great, mm-hmm. doing things the way God intended. And that's where this growth is mostly coming from. Yeah. And there's only like 10% stuff in the back that's going wrong, but it's that 10% that poisons the whole lot mm-hmm. over time. I had to give the, uh, yeah, I had to give the, um, that old 10% or not 10%, that old, uh, making brownies thing. And I'm just going to put in a tablespoon of, uh, dog poop. Okay. You heard this one? No. So yeah. So it's, it was my son. We were talking about music and the stuff that he's listening to. Okay. And I'm like, look, mm-hmm. most of the stuff you listen to might be fine, 
but there's going to be little words, little phrases, little ideas, little attitudes in there that are teaching you something wrong that I don't want you to listen to if I haven't already approved that you can listen to a song. And he said he didn't understand, you know, why, you know, it's on my kids thing. Like it's approved by the kids thing. Why can't I listen to it? And so I said, well, it's like making brownies. If I make a batch of brownies and I just get like a little, just a tiny little bit, a little bit of dog poop and I put it in the mixture and then I mix it all around and I bake the brownies and they come out and they look and they smell just like amazing brownies. But I tell you, there's a little bit of dog poop in it, but it's mostly fine. And you're not even really going to notice it probably like, you know, it's, it's good. I, I approve of these brownies. I made them. Would you eat them? No. Right. Of course not. <laughs> of course you wouldn't. Because you know that that little bit corrupts the whole batch. And so in the same way, when we have a, a church that is, is mostly operating great, but we have this little bit starting to corrupt the whole batch, eventually it's going to take over the whole church. Mm -hmm. There's just no way to stop it from snowballing that mm -hmm. way. Uh, we had a, a very similar reckoning here in our church just in the past few months where we've had someone that we didn't know uh, in a semi-leadership role behind the scenes saying some pretty mean things to one person. And uh, we didn't, you know, being completely genuine and nice to everybody else, uh, but that little, little bit of poison in the background was starting to ruin everything our church was trying to do. And once that finally got discovered, we had to address it mm -hmm. and end it. And since then, we have seen a almost a full bounce back just in the last like, half a year or not even that long uh, in both optimism and growth and all kinds of things. And I'm not sure if it was all due to that or not, but I do know that that was something that had to be done. But there are too many times where... A pastor is found out to have done something wrong and immediate action is not taken or even investigation of some kind is not taken mm -hmm. because we're not allowing uh, the need for accountability to be the most important thing. There's another church in our town uh, who last year it was found out that the pastor had been having an affair for the last 10 years or something. And instead of firing that pastor... They just took him out of Sunday mornings and had him have a role in the back. And then eventually that church had to close down. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you see where the problem was, right? He can't be a pastor anymore doing this. And we'll talk about a little bit about Mark and, and what he's gone on to do since he quit here. But, uh, and ultimately his complete avoidance of accountability at the end of Mars Hill. Uh -huh. We'll talk about that more on Thursday, but you are not expected to be right just because you have success in ministry all the time. There are going to be times that you're wrong. In fact, it would be weird if you're never wrong. Yes. It would be suspicious if you're never wrong. <laughs> I have an article here from uh, baptistnews.com called three leadership lessons from Mark Driscoll. And this is meaning learning from the mistakes that he made, not necessarily ones that he wrote. 
Um, so first off, I'm not going to read the whole article, but I'm going to read the three points here. Leadership is not about the leader. Leadership is about leading people. Mm -hmm. One of Mark Driscoll's friends recalls, the Mark I knew was a pretty humble guy. One of the first guys to set up chairs at a meeting, always about giving credit to other people. But at some part, a sub point, Mark started believing his own press, that he was the most important part of the church. Mega churches are often popular because of a charismatic mega leader. The success of a mega church depends on that leader becoming the face of the church. Speaking tours, book sales, and interviews help fuel persona of a mega church pastor. And it appears Driscoll fell into the rock star pastor trap. Number two, leadership is not about silencing critics. Leadership is about engaging critics. Former elders, board members, and staff recall that when there was a opposition facing Mark Driscoll. He would intimidate, silence, or dismiss critics. In leadership, leaders need to meet with those who have questions or objections. Not everyone will agree with the leader's decisions, but people will go where a leader leads if that leader gives an opportunity for people to be heard. Founder's syndrome often plagues leaders who do not like to deal with critics. And then lastly, leadership is not a dictatorship. Leadership is about accountability. Mark Driscoll was not accountable to anyone. The Mars Hill structure allowed for Driscoll to be the head of everything. Bylaws were changed so that this remains so. The lack of transparency and accountability contributed to a church culture of dysfunction and fear. Only a small group of people knew how much Driscoll was paid and where church money went. Leaders need to be held accountable by a group of people in order to be the best, uh, in order that the best interests of the organization are upheld. So this is a big one. The fact that he wasn't even um, accountable with the money of the church. Mm -hmm. And this reminds me a lot of Jesse Duplantis, mm. who was given a, a uh, honorary doctorate at Oral Roberts University. Mm -hmm. And he was placed on the board of regents. Well, eventually they started having problems with uh, accountability of the funds Funds were just going missing and being used without any kind of approval and oversight. And people at the university were kind of upset about that. And mm -hmm. so the Board of Regents decided, uh, or the, the school decided, that everybody on the Board of Regents and everybody in a leadership position would have to be accountable for the money they spent, just to make sure that it wasn't being spent improperly. Right. Jesse Duplantis and four other people were like, nah, not doing that. And they left. They just up and quit. And that's a very telling thing. Oh, yeah. They didn't have any other objections. Like, no, I don't need to be accountable for the money that I'm spending. And uh, guess what? He's still not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We need that jet. My nose is itching me something crazy today. I can't, can't stop it. There's nothing like there to, to <laughs> blow or anything. It just it won't stop itching. Um, but anyway. All that aside, <laughs> we can't end the can't end the discussion on my nose. So, Bo, do you have something to add? Um, actually, I do. And that very first point: leadership is not about the leader. Leadership is about leading people. And I think sometimes we tend to forget the necessity in having a leader who um, shows by example the type of congregation the congregants should be yeah humble mm -hmm. willing to admit wrong or fault 
<clears throat> being accountable to someone, just being raw and honest, mm -hmm. you know, I'm incredibly grateful for the pastors that I've had in my adulthood. Um, and even more so after listening to this podcast, so thankful <laughs> that I was never under, uh, the leadership of a Mark Driscoll. Um, but I, when I think, and I'm just going to put him on the spot, Kevin, for me, was someone who was a great leader in that way. Absolutely. In, in the role of being a pastor, but leading by example, mm -hmm. pastoring by example. And I think that for the most part, the congregation showed that. Yeah. You know? I agree. Um, anyway, it's just one of those things, I think, where you don't have to sit up on this pedestal. A lot of times the best example that you can be requires you to step down and be on the same level. I agree with you. Mark's Drisk, Mark, Mark Driscoll's story uh, is certainly a crazy one, um, but it's also a strange and changing one. So tomorrow we're gonna talk about his changing stories and some of the stranger extra biblical stuff that stands out. We'll be back with more, stick around. What do you think of our topic this week? Is there something we got wrong? Something we forgot? We would love for you to give us an earful. Join us at BackRowDiscord.com and message us in the Respond to Show channel. Message us on the socials at the Back Row LTN or leave us a voicemail by calling 575-562-8052. What's up, nerd? Are you enjoying this podcast? Well, the audio enjoyment doesn't end there. Tune in to LTN Radio for the best Christian rock, rap, pop, and indie 24-7. Not to mention a whole network of podcasts, shows, specials, and shorts, many of which air on LTN Radio before they're available anywhere else. Join us at LTNOnAir.com to see our schedule, stream our station, and download our app. LTN Radio. Welcome back to the Back Row Morning Show. I'm Mo. And I'm Radio Matt. Before we go, we want to share some things that we love. Oh, my word. Y'all, I just had Wendy's Alaskan cod fish sandwich. And it's bomb. <laughs> it is so good. Hands down, by far, the best fish sandwich from a fast food restaurant that I've ever had. Have you tried the Arby's one? We went through their whole... Push a tea wrap. Yeah, song. I know. I know. <laughs> I really do need to try the Arby's one. But <laughs> Wendy's was on my way here. So. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't like fish sandwiches. So. Mm. That's all I got to say. Uh, <laughs> it was delicious. Delicious. Uh, I'm going to go back in time and say uh, one of the things I love is the Nintendo DS. So I told y'all. Last week, two weeks yeah, ago, no, yeah. last week, last week, that uh, my father-in-law had found uh, his and and my mother-in-law's old DSs, and this is the original DS, and gave them to our boys, and 
my boy, one of my, my youngest broke his already. Um, but that caused me to pull out my DS, which uh, was one of the latest, uh, like the last editions they made before they moved to the 3DS. <coughs> and I uh, pulled out all my games. I had the, the GoldenEye remake on there and the Tony Hawk uh, game and a bunch of old games. And I was like, this was a really solid handheld like, you know, they had bumped up from the Game Boy, the Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance, and then they were just kind of stuck in that Game Boy Advance realm for mm-hmm. a really, really long time. And then 2004, like, Nintendo 64 graphics in a handheld. It was crazy to think about, and still kind of is crazy to think about. They're that old. They are that old. They are yeah. 17 years old. They are almost a full adult. Older than my children. <laughs> and uh, my boys are playing, you know, Mario Kart with each other on the two of them. And, like, it's really cool. It's a really cool thing that's still cool today. So I'm very happy for uh, for the Nintendo DS being a part of my life. Uh, I've told the story a lot um, throughout the years, but one of the, my favorite memories with uh, my wife's family is for like a solid year, every Sunday after church, we would come home and it would be me, my then girlfriend, um, my uh, sister-in-law and her future husband, Greg, Tina, Brian, and then whichever girl Brian was dating, which was the younger Brian (laughs) at that time. All eight of us would spend like four to five, well, essentially the entire time between morning service and evening service, just playing Mario Kart DS together. And uh, it was essentially everybody else was having a race. And then me and Matt, uh, my my sister-in-law's husband. Your brother-in-law. Uh, I know, but that doesn't convey it correctly. <laughs> uh, would have our own race because we were the best and nobody could keep up. And we were the best. <laughs> you realize that that was just your in-laws' way of like keeping all of their teenage children. Oh sure. In their home. And I don't care. It Listen, was great. It, there <laughs> it was are so many things that I learned from your in-laws mm-hmm. about being a parent, mm-hmm. and specifically being a parent to teenagers. They were brilliant. <laughs> they were brilliant. I've stolen quite a few of their tactics. <laughs> they work. Yeah. So that uh, good memories and still making good memories. So thank you, Nintendo. Let's end with our verse for Not the day. Sponsored. <laughs> verse for the day is Matthew 21, 9. And the crowds that went before him and that followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And that's going to do it for the back row with Matt and Mo. We hope you enjoyed our discussions and hope you'll join us again for our next show. Check out lovethynerd.com. It is positively jam-packed with articles, podcasts, and videos that cover a wide range of nerdy topics. And just like any ministry, we are largely supported by those willing to partner with us financially. As one of the newest staff members of LTN and a part-time nerd culture missionary, I'm looking to build my support team to help this radio station grow and help my family financially as I pour more focus into all I get to do for Love Thy Nerd. For more information, visit lovethynerd.com slash radiomat. Love Thy Nerd is a qualifying 501c3 nonprofit organization, and your gift is tax deductible. Once again, I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. And remember, if nobody else tells you, we promise it's true. Jesus Jesus loves loves you, nerd. nerd.